Thank you all for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available on all platforms. On today's episode, we're going to go over D'Antonio's fingerprints on this year's team, uh, the top 10 plays from the midway point of the season, and then, yeah, we're going to crack open some mailbag questions. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, October 13th. Happy birthday to my sister. I know she does not listen to this podcast um, ever at all, but, you know, this is her birthday wish, so if she misses it, no, too bad. Uh, It is Wednesday. Like I said, guys, uh, this is the Locked on Spartans podcast. I am your host, Matt Sheehan, and yes, I'm taking about a half hour break from yelling at people uh, on the internet about college sports. It's good to... It's good to have that back in our lives. Just you know, get on the old Twitter.com or if you're old school, Facebook, or if you're really old school, crack open a message board and uh, yeah, just get some get some some thoughts off, ruffle some feathers, rustle some jimmies. Uh, yeah, but you know what? We'll we'll stop doing that for about a half hour to do a little podcast right here. Um, on today's episode, yeah, oddly enough, in the year of our Lord 2021, with this year's team, we're we're gonna talk Mark D'Antonio. <gasps> Yeah, we're going to just go over that a little bit. Segment one just found a few things interesting there. Um, and then, well, it's midway through the week of the midway point of the season. So let's crack open the top 10 plays of the season here in the second segment. And then last but not least, oh yeah, we, we've always got some mailbag questions in the hopper. Um, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Like I said, and you probably already know, this is Locked on Spartans. And if you ever have any questions or comments for me, uh, locked on Spartans at gmail.com. On tomorrow's show, we will have Colton Pouncey of The Athletic on. So if you want me to bounce any questions off him as well, like I said, locked on Spartans at gmail.com. We'll try to throw a few his way because, yeah, Colton, uh, smart dude. Really uh, awesome at, you know, just to explain everything, uh, holding our hands like we're five years old and walking us through everything about football in Michigan State. So, yeah, super stoked to talk with him tomorrow. Um, okay, so let's get into it, right? Mark D'Antonio, uh, listen, the last few years were not good. Um, oh boy, really not good. <laughs> and you might have heard some, you know, from some places. I'm raising my hand right now. We are one of those places. Uh, this is something that we've talked about ad nauseum. When Mel Tucker took over here, just even in the last few years of D'Antonio's era, that like, oh my goodness gracious, the wheels are falling off the green and white bus here. And you know what? You could point right to uh, recruiting over there for maybe part of a big slice of the reason pie as to why things are going the way they are. Or rather, why things aren't going the way they should be. Um, with that said, it's been fascinating this year with MSU's 6-0 start to see, you know, hey, some of these recruits actually did work out. And yeah, listen, before I go any further, I want to make it very clear, and this should go without saying, that I'm a huge Mel Tucker guy. Love Mel Tucker. This this is his team. This is the coaching staff's team. They, they, they are coaching these players currently. They have improved these players over time. I don't feel like I have to say that, but you guys know how it goes out there. Words get misconstrued. No, this is, this is Mel Tucker's doing and everything. But it is fascinating to see for the criticism he got, again, from me included, uh, the criticism that D'Antonio got for recruiting, it, it wasn't all too bad. Yes, it, okay, I'll rewind. It, it was bad enough where Mel Tucker had to ship 30-plus kids out of the program. That, that's never a good thing. But the ones that stuck around, the diamonds in the rough, 
and this goes back to the earlier D'Antonio days, the diamonds in the rough, the guys that were low three stars, high two stars. Like, now that there are some diamonds in the rough shining right now in this year's team as they start to a 6-0. Yeah, the story of the offseason was Mel Tucker hitting the transfer portal and bringing a ton of kids in. Don't get it twisted. That's definitely a reason why MSU is doing good, all right. I mean, uh, yeah, Kenneth Walker, little known fact. He came from Wake Forest. But there's a lot of other guys, too, that are tried and true, just Mark D'Antonio guys that the staff has inherited that is giving Michigan State a solid start to the season. Now, here's not a diamond in the rough, but he is a D'Antonio guy, Xavier Henderson. I mean, okay, kid was four-star. He'd highly sought after kid in high school. But Angelo Gross, I mean, just fantastic. Old sugar weasel doing some work right there. Uh, and, you know, this this is the uh, real crown jewel of, of the, the point here is Cal Halliday. I mean, this is a kid, mid to low three-star, the 977th ranked recruit in the nation. In the nation! And now he's starting on one of the best defenses in the Big Ten um, as a redshirt freshman. Yeah, that's that's what we'd classify as a diamond in the rough right there. And everyone in front of Cal Halliday, too. The entire D-line, for the most part. D'Antonio guys. Simeon Barrow. Jeff Petrowski. Jacob Panashuk. Drew Beasley. Maverick Hansen. Maverick Hansen, by the way. He might be pound for pound the most impressive guy uh, that <laughs> that MSU has as far as like playing above his star rating goes. He was the 37th ranked player in the state. Now, if you are like me and you're from Michigan, hey, we love this state. It's great. Can never say anything bad about it. Sometimes the prep football talent lacks around here, especially after you get past like, the, oh, I don't know, like the 10th ranked kid or the 12th ranked kid. 37th ranked kid in the state? I believe he was a late signing day flip too from, oh God, it was either Central or a... I'm sorry, I really should have looked this up before recording. But yeah, he he was a, a late ad as a 37th-ranked kid in the state. And you're thinking like, okay, well, he's got a scholarship from MSU. He'll get a nice four-year education, probably not play much. Oh, oh, wait a minute. No, he's actually going to be doing pretty damn good <laughs> here in a little bit. So, uh, yeah, just go along with that. Jacob Slade, who is now a defensive tackle slash uh, running back after his little scoop and 15, 20-yard run last week against Rutgers. And Deshaun Mallory. So the defense is just, yeah, laced with Antonio guys that are doing incredible work here. I mean, yeah, it, like I said, a lot of talks are with the transfers in the portal, but man, I, hey, you know what, Antonio? I'm sorry for completely slicing you up. Maybe should have been a little kinder because, yeah, okay, you didn't leave it completely bare. But yeah, I mean, the, the defense definitely has D'Antonio influence in it. And hey, offense doesn't hurt either, right? Jalen Naylor, yep, Mark D'Antonio guy. Jaden Reed, uh, okay, not a high school recruit, but definitely got him out of the portal, so that's got to be worth something uh, if we're going to give Tucker credit, which we should, for getting his guys through the portal. Yeah, hey, D'Antonio, nice. Way to nab, uh, you know, just well, probably a top 10 receiver in the country uh, over here at Michigan State. Trey Mosley doing fantastic work. Um, tight end, okay, leaves a little bit to be desired. That's, that's ruining my thesis, though. But let's get back to the agenda that I'm pushing here. Okay, come on. Eyes on the ball, Matt. <laughs> Didn't have to bring up tight ends unsolicitedly, but here we are. Uh, the offensive line, everyone that's not named Jarrett Horst, um, D'Antonio guy, um, and really a lot of good recruiting wins there too late in his time with um, J.D. Duplain, Nick Samak. Those were two guys that were getting some late heat on them when it came up to their signing day. And they were able to keep him as well. Um, and another guy that goes in that same bucket as them is Kevin Jarvis, four-star kid who, God, when did he sign? 2011? He's been here for 10 years. But, yeah, I mean, he was a four-star guy that was also highly sought after. And he's been a solid 
five-year player now for Michigan State. So, yeah. Um, oh, you know, last but not least, sorry, I almost just completely glossed over probably the shining star here. Uh, Peyton Thorne. Yeah, that was an okay recruiting battle. Sure, back then it didn't probably look so sweet. All right, great, we got our, oh boy, plan B, plan C, plan D guy. Okay, where do we flip him from? Oh, great, Western Michigan. Oh, this should go well. Okay, great. Woo hey, hey, look at us. Hey, it's actually going pretty well. Nice. Um, so, yeah, like I said. And if you had a drinking game where you took a drink every time I said, like I said, dot, 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 you would be hammered by the second segment. That's something I'm trying to get better at. Today is not that day I'm going to get better at it. Um, like I said, though, take another drink. Um, this is Mel Tucker's team. This is the coaching staff's team. They have identified the talent that should stay. They have coached up this talent. Just like, for example, the, the secondary has been amazing this year. Like, the steps that Xavier Henderson has taken, sensational. Angelo Gross, phenomenal. I mean, young guys like Chuck Brantley, just doing great. So, yeah, hey, I'm not giving D'Antonio, you know, saying he's the reason that, you know, things are going so well. But the point I guess I'm trying to make is that, uh, you know what, Mark, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, recruiting was a little rough in the end there. Stars do matter, I think. But you know what? You got us, yeah. You got us with a few guys and your old tried and true throwback diamond in the rough uh, scenario right there. So, hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Mark? I know he listens to this episode, or this podcast. He never misses an episode, ever. So, On the other side of the break, guys, um, hey, let's just yell at each other. Let's just... Nothing is more controversial in the world of sports media than coming up with, like, top five or top ten or top fifty lists. So we're going to break down, with that said, uh, the top ten plays of the year so far. Oh, that's right. That's right. There should be no argument going on here. No, no, no. But first... You talk to you find folks about prize picks. That is right, prize picks, baby. The leader in college sports daily fantasy. That's right, guys. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offer all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might have not ever heard of. Isn't that the beautiful part of college football? You just find the old diamond in the rough, if you will, on a mid-major team and just hop on his bandwagon and then just feel super smart when he starts doing well. Well, back that up. Back that up with prize picks. Now, how do you play? Well, you got to download it from the App Store or Google Play. You make your lineup. Uh, you pick two to five players, pick their over-under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times on any entry. It's just you against their projected stats. You're not going up against anyone else's lineup. You know, no, none of that. You against the stats. That's right. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. And Prize Picks, best of all, offers safe and fast withdrawals. Well, if you're going to withdraw, you got to deposit, right? Well, you sure do. But we got a promo code just for you guys. That's right. Promo code locked on when you deposit for a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. That's right. Promo code locked on when you deposit for a 100% deposit match up to $100. So do not hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, let's get ready to rumble here, guys. That's right. Um, I've been doing work for The Only Colors for quite some time, even in my state news days back in the day. We'd always throw in, okay, top five list, top ten list, and ooh, boy, nothing stirs the pot quite like a top blank list. So... For uh, this segment here, that's right, we're going to do top 10 plays of the mid-season point. Now, maybe this isn't going to be the most heated discussion because, well, every play here is going to be pretty good here for your 6-0 Spartans. But 
If I've missed anything, if you totally disagree, or on the rare chance that you're a crazy person, you actually agree with something I'm saying, and want to let me know, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is a great way to find me, or if you really want to get direct at me, uh, at Sheehan underscore sports. Because those mentions could use, uh, yeah, a a little more anger (laughs) these days, no doubt about it. Um, All right, so, plain and simple, we'll start at 10, we'll go all the way down to 1. And number 10... And while I'm doing a bad job right now, because this is probably, I'll admit, this is probably a biased pick right now, because I was very fortunate enough to be at this game, but number 10, I think it is the Ronald Williams interception against Miami. Now, yes, MSU was up 14 with 4.05 left, but that, that iced the game. Um, maybe this speaks more to who I am as a person. I get very nervous during every Michigan State game until the clock hits zero, but that, that interception right outside the red zone with four minutes left, up two scores... That, to me, iced the game right there. And not only that, but if, if you were also fortunate enough to be at the Miami game as well, that's when the party truly started amongst MSU fans. Just, oh God, delirium everywhere. I, I think that's when my shirt came off. I don't know, a lot of fuzzy details. But number nine, number nine. And this is another play that, okay, maybe didn't really have a big impact on the game in the grand scheme of things, but oh my goodness, at the time, and what it represents now with this player's career here at Michigan State, Number nine, I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker's 75-yard touchdown run against Northwestern to not just open the game, not just to open the season, but maybe to crack open his Heisman campaign so far? What? So, yeah, that's my number nine right there. Um, Number eight, and this is the only play I have from this game as well. I think that's my only Northwestern play that I have, and this is the only play I have from the West Kentucky game. But it's Cal Halliday's strip against the Hilltoppers, to set MSU up in a prime position to get not just 35 points before half. Oh, let's get to 42, baby. That's right. So Cal Halliday with uh, not... That game's not going to be remembered for its defense on both sides of the ball, no matter what team you root for, but that was a great play, an awesome play, to get the MSU offense set up in a prime spot to get to the golden number of 42 points to kind of allow them to have only six points in the second half and be okay with it. Number seven. Number seven. And yeah, oh yeah, there's going to be some plays from this game. Talking about the Nebraska game. And number seven, I have Kenneth Walker's 24 yard run to crack open overtime against the Huskers. Yes, it was a miserable, miserable second half for the offense. Uh, nothing was working whatsoever. And then, oh, well, what do you know? To start overtime, we're just going to skedaddle 24 yards. And uh, yeah, all you needed was a field goal. Um, we'll get to the play that made that a possibility here in a little bit. But yeah, all you needed was a field goal, and what better to give your kicker an opportunity from a shorter distance than an extra point would have even been. Number six, and this is a fresh one for a lot of you people. That's right. Not going to go with his first, not his second. No, I'm going to go with Jalen Naylor's third touchdown against Rutgers just from last Saturday in the first half. Yes, that was the first play of MSU's drive where uh, Rutgers just got the lead down to 14-13, to 13, and you're thinking, all right, and the cushion would be nice going into halftime here, and then, oh, well, bam. That's right, uh, Jalen Naylor just, yeah, right off the bat, just, okay, fine, I'll score my third touchdown of the half. So that's number six, in my opinion. Uh, number five here, yes, that's right, it's the Nebraska game. Hello again. Uh, gotta go with Chester Kimbra's interception right off the bat in overtime against Nebraska to assure that MSU, hey, offense, don't sweat it. You don't need a touchdown after you move the ball just four inches the entire second half. All you need is a field goal. Well, it ended up being a, what, a 
18-yard field goal at the very end, uh, thanks to that 24-yard run we just mentioned. But yeah, hey, you don't get to that convenient spot of just needed a field goal without Kimbrough's interception against Nebraska to start overtime. That's right. Number four, we're going back to South Beach for this one. Uh, and this this might be an underrated play because it was the offensive fireworks that really set the game into the sunset here against the Hurricanes. But man, Drew Beely, Beasley's sack and fumble to start the fourth quarter when it was still a three-point game and set MSU up right by the red zone, that's got to be number four. That changed the paradigm of the game. Uh, Miami never really got close after that. Yes, they cut it down to seven after a super long field goal, but man... To have a 10-point cushion against the Hurricanes to start the fourth quarter, all thanks to Drew Beasley, yeah, that was nice. So thank you, Mr. Beasley, for your efforts. Number three, yep, we got another fresh play for you guys. How about Kenneth Walker's 94-yard touchdown run to make it 28-13 to and give some breathing room to the Spartans last Saturday? And this is like my favorite fun fact just to be thrown around this week whenever I'm talking to Michigan State fans. And of course, oh, did you see Walker's run? Yeah, that's only his second career longest run. He had a 96-yarder at Wake Forest, but now it's the 94-yarder at Michigan State that he also holds a record for. So this man, not only is he a Heisman candidate, but he also holds the longest rush at two different programs in Division I football. Like, that's incredible. So, yeah, number three, got to go with that incredible 94-yard touchdown run. Would it be number three if he didn't have the swag to shake Naylor's hand before the end zone right there on like the 18-yard line? Probably not, but you know what? If you're oozing that much swag, yeah, that'll get you in the top three of my plays of the midseason so far. Number two. Number two. Going back to South Beach. That's right. Jalen Naylor's 39-yard touchdown to go up 31-17 to with four minutes and 12 seconds less left against the Hurricanes. Now, a nice little honorable mention here for play, top 10 play, is the 4th and 1 conversion that they got right before that. Peyton Thorne, quarterback sneak, gets it by about a foot, two feet. And then, next play, alright, everyone get up, wabam, I'm going to hit Naylor right in stride, and oh, we're going to we're gonna bump this thing up two full possessions, two full touchdowns worth of a lead here with 4 minutes and 12 seconds left for a statement win in the Mel Tucker era. Yes, I know Miami's season has not gone that great, but <laughs> uh, me thinks that uh, MSU just didn't drag them in the deep water that day. They drove, they, they dragged them in the deep water for the long time being. Uh, yikes, things have not been good ever since the Spartans have left Miami at all. Um, last but not least, that's right, number one play, guys. Let's uh, drum roll it. Drum roll it. You already know what it is. It's uh, <laughs> It goes out saying. It is the Jaden Reed punt return against Nebraska to tie up the game with less than four minutes remaining. You already know what happened before that. Not a lot, actually. That was the problem. Uh, the second half was not good for Michigan State. They needed just something any worse way possible, and, oh, they got it. They put Naylor out to return. They put Reed out to return. They split him up. Nebraska was supposed to kick it right. Uh-oh, slid off my foot a little bit left, and, oh, Reed, hey, what's up, guys? I got the ball. There's, like, two Huskers to beat. Peace! I'm the fastest man here. That's right. I'll see y'all in the end zone. Uh, that's right. So, yeah, that's got to be the number one play, without a doubt. Um, it's just some honorable mentions. I, pick any flea flicker, I guess. I don't know. It seems like a good place to start for honorable mentions. Um, this is a really niche one. The, the third and sixth conversion against Western Kentucky in the second half. 
Uh, this is when the Hilltoppers just made it a two-touchdown game. And, uh-oh, if MSU doesn't pick it up here, they're giving the ball right back to the Hilltoppers to possibly make it a one-touchdown game. Didn't have to worry about it, picked that up. Um, and, hey, the, the fourth-down stop against Rutgers last week uh, when they were pretty much fourth and goal, we'll add that to the list as well. Uh, that really iced the game and made it a comfortable evening. Guys, if, if I miss anything or if you strongly disagree with anything or, again, hey, if you agree with everything, once again, locked on Spartans at gmail.com or on Twitter at Sheehan underscore sports. Uh, we will be right back with a few fun mailbag questions. That's right. Uh, not so much X's and O's, but hey, you know what? It's good hypotheticals and you two can answer at home and wrestle with your own mind of what you would do here. But first, need to talk to you. Find folks about Built Bar. Built Bar. That's right, baby. Little uh, Built Bar bird told me that. Uh, Rocky Road. That's right. Limited release Rocky Road. We'll be back very soon. So keep your eyes locked onto BuiltBar.com for that. But until then, they still got their nine core flavors, guys. That's right. I'm talking coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint, brownie, peanut butter, brownie, double chocolate, and <gasps> salted caramel. That's right. That's right. It says here in the ad read, know what my favorite flavor is. I can never answer that straight because they're all amazing. Like, they are just sensational. Like, coconut slaps, coconut almond slaps, mint brownie. My God, incredible. Salted caramel, please. You know what you should do, though? Get the mixed box. That's going to get you two of each of the nine flavors. And not only are they quite delicious on the taste buds, but they are delicious on the body. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein. Only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. So what are you doing? Treat yourself, treat your taste buds, treat your body to some Built Bar, and also treat your wallet to this promo code. That's right. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Once again, promo code LOCKED15, all one word, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys, so a few weeks ago uh, on Twitter, I solicited a few mailbag questions, and as always, you guys are awesome. You guys always respond with not just a lot of questions, but a lot of great ones, too, ranging from, you know, super, uh, you know, coach speak, X's and O's, strategy, stuff like that, or just uh, what would you order at Double Decker McDonald's if a recruit visited? Like, you guys are awesome and all over the place. Um, and hey, just doesn't have to be a, a tweet that I send asking for mailbag questions. Um, and a lot of you already know that I, I get emails all the time. And because again, you guys are the best, um, locked on Spartans at gmail.com. Uh, sorry if that's your 14th time hearing that email address this episode, that'd be another good one for the drinking game. Um, we'll start here with Maxwell. And the reason I bring up that I solicited this tweet a few weeks ago is <laughs> is because, well, things have changed since this tweet has uh, been sent. This, this question has been sent. So Maxwell asks, which coach has had the highest jump in their stock from year one to year two, and why is it Ross Ells? Okay, that is a... And again, Matt Maxwell asked, asked this a few weeks ago. The, the reason I put pause on Ross Ells is because the four pre-snap penalties from last week, that, that's got to fall on someone. Listen, one one pre-snap penalty, uh, annoying. Two, uh, what's going on? Three and four, whoa, okay. We got an organizational thing going on here. So, yeah, um, don't get me wrong, though. I mean, up until that point, Ross Ellis did like, fantastic job. The, the, the punting and punt returning on both sides has been complete night and day from where it's been, especially last year. So, no, I'm not bashing Ross Ellis and saying he's done horrible. It's just I, maybe I would pump the brakes on naming him the first-place guy. After what happened last week, but hey, I'm I'm stingy, I'm nitpicky. You guys know how you guys know how I am these days. So, with that said, I, I I've been I I've just been so impressed with uh, 
Henderson, Angelo Gross, just Darius Snow, just how the whole secondary has played this year. I, so I, I I might just go ahead and yeah, give it to Harlan Barnett, the, the guy that's been here. That's right. Um, and yeah, hey, sure, maybe some of it is you know Henderson's talent, his experience, but man, like there's a reason Barnett is known as one of the best secondary coaches in the country. And the jump with this unit from year one, which last year was fine, you know, so, but to year two, like wow. Uh, they have been a, a shining star on not just MSU's defense, but the entire team as well. And we see that week in and week out with their, that's right, get your bingo cards out, with their bend, don't break defense. That's right. Hey, safeties, they got to keep the game in front of them. So that's the whole huge reason why right there. Um, year one to year two, I mean, hey, I, not just because he's been on the program and a friend of the program, but uh, Chris Kapilovic, the offensive line coach, <laughs> progress, Progress, and that's what he's known for. He's, he's known for quick turnarounds uh, where he goes. And, yeah, listen, it's not been you know, oh, world-beating elite play from the offensive line, but, no, it, it's been markedly better from last season, in my opinion. So, yeah, Rossell's definitely top three, I think, because special teams have been night and day, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, so thanks for the email, Maxwell. But, yeah, that, that's what I'm going to shake out my top three there. Harlan Barnett, Chris Kapilovic, and Coach Rossell's. That's right. All right, this is the stressful question. I've been staring at this one for weeks. This is from Jay. All right, you guys sitting down for this one? Because you can answer this too. You could wrestle with this internally as well. If you had the opportunity to flip a coin that guaranteed MSU to win a national championship in football and basketball if it lands on heads, but if it lands on tails, you and your family could never watch sports again, would you? Oh, boy. Oh, man. Oh. So here's... Here's the thing, um, and maybe you guys don't know. Maybe you guys don't listen to the podcast well enough to know. But there, there's two things about me. One is that I, I'm, I'm a gambling man. That's right. Uh, that's the first thing. The second thing is uh, I'm also a very wimpy gambling man. When, when I, I, I love having action on games, I love everything about just the, the sport of it, the, the gambling, the over unders, the line movements, all this and that. With that said, I, I bet inconsequential, inconsequential money. Like I'm talking just like. Like, if I'm really feeling a game, five bucks. That's right, baby. So, while I do love the prospect of a 50-50 shot of a national title in football and basketball if it lands on heads, I think the wimp in me is coming out here and saying, let it ride. And you know what? Maybe that national championship never comes. <laughs> I, I know I have a 50-50 shot of something generational here, but you know what else is fun? The, the, the high of a national championship um, cannot be replicated. But what can be pretty close is some awesome regular season games. Oh, like beating Michigan or beating Ohio State back in 2015 or basketball, you know, running to the Big Ten title, the Big Ten tournament, uh, March Madness. Like, I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do it. And then you throw cast a bigger net on just all the sports too. Like, I got to miss the Masters, the Kentucky Derby, the, oh my God, the NBA Finals, the Super I can't have a 50% chance of missing out on all that. So, God, but then again, I'd be such a martyr, too, if I did this coin toss. And, you know, they would, they would build a statue like, oh, this this man risked not watching sports the rest of his life for, for, for this national championship. No, no one would care about that. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to turn down your very generous coin toss offer, Jay, and say that, uh, no, I'll just, I'll just watch Michigan State just not win a national title for the next few years or decades and just let it ride and 
take solace in the fact that hey, you know, sometimes the uh, the bowl wins, the regular season wins, the March Madness wins, uh, those those hold a good enough place in my heart where I think I'm comfortable with, uh, yeah, pushing your uh, your very fancy coin away. So, wow, God, that's tough. <laughs> that's, that's tough. That, that still doesn't seem right to say that out loud, but hey, well, here we are. Um, hey guys, uh, that's the end of the show. How about that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How about that for an ending? No, no transition at all to the end. Just me saying, ah, that's the end. Um, once again, thanks for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day, guy. And if it's not your first listen, maybe it's your lunchtime listen, or your uh, I'm too not the boss at work listen, or the hey I'm driving home this horrible commute listen, or I'm on the train in Chicago listen. Hey, whenever you listen to this, really from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys so much. Um, this has been a, an incredible season so far, six and zero, oh, and nothing is more fun. Not just talking about it into this microphone, but also interacting with everyone, be it email, Twitter, stuff like that. So you guys, and we already knew this, hey, the whole Spartan family is amazing, but man, the Lockdown Spartans family, you guys are the best, man. Love you all. Um, And if you guys have a hankering for more Big Ten football in your life, check out Locked on Big Ten with our guy, Nate Dickinson. Uh, Yeah, he has guests on all the time. I'm, I'm on every Friday to give best bets. Um, yeah, it's really, really good time we have with our guy, Nate Dickinson. So, yeah, go check him out. Uh, the rest of the week here, tomorrow, Colton Pouncey of The Athletic. You guys probably already know him. He's awesome. Cannot wait to chat with him. And then on Friday, we will talk to the fine folks of HoosierHuddle.com to, yeah, you know what? Uh, MSU has a game this weekend. That's right, against the Indiana Hoosiers. So, well, we might as well talk about them. And we might as well talk about uh, that team with, well, a group of people that cover them. So, let's get that popping. All right, guys. Well, hey, let's have a day. Go green.